From the Tag Creative Group Studios, Toyota presents the Pro Hockey West Report. The Pro Hockey West Report is brought to you by the Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search T. Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Behind the Mask, the Valley's experts for all things hockey. Find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, an official partner of the NHL. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to TopGolf.com to play the world's greatest golf courses and more, all in one place. Jets Pizza, with over 400 locations in 20 states, better pizza because it has to be. Find a location near you at JetsPizza.com. By Toyota, support the dealers that support hockey in your community. Finlay and Henderson, Toyota of the Desert in Cathedral City, California, Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado, and Desert Toyota in Tucson. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world at Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, and either anywhere that you may be joining us on this late night Thursday night podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight, still in Coachella Valley, Palm Springs, Palm Desert, whatever you want to call it where I'm at out here. I am in Southern California. My co host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me for the championship city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight on this late night? It's it's nearly podcasting after dark again. I uh, I wish I could say the same about Palm Desert, California, that it's a championship city. Oh, yeah. You had to just go bring that up right off the start, but didn't you? You just I had love, to bring it up. How does it, I, how does it feel to be clean shaven? I, I saw you. You sent me a picture about you, you clean, clean shaven. You didn't get your hair I haven't put it out there yet. I haven't put it out there. I thought, well, because you haven't gotten your hair cut yet. Yeah, that's another whole other project right there, my friend, because shaving is something I can do myself. Cutting my hair, no. That's got to be done by somebody that knows what they're doing. Yeah, you just take it to a Great Clips and go and get it done. 15 bucks or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, that is the plan. Head it over to a Great Clips and getting it done. Uh, the official haircutter, the official haircutter of the NHL. NHL, the exactly, exactly. The official haircutter of the NHL. I go to Great Clips, and they do a great job every time, so... Well, yeah, why wouldn't you? I mean, uh, you're always looking dapper. I, I tend to go a little overboard sometimes, and, you know, uh, the playoff beard is and a of uh, history for me. I, I just I had to step it up for the, the the Stanley Cup final. You know, I want to show up there in a suit and stuff. I know we're trying to keep it pretty casual polo shirts usually, but when it came to the Stanley Cup final, I felt like I had to take it up a notch. So uh, people seem to be were impressed by that couple people that were during the final. So I, uh, I, I guess that's a Just point. a couple people were, were impressed, so that's... Okay. <laughs> By the way, a couple people, a yeah, few I thought people you were, actually watched. What's that? I thought you were looking pretty dapper. I thought I thought things were looking yeah. good. That's the way to yeah, do it. They were good. Yeah, they were good. 
Um, I also, I also found out that some people actually watched some of our Instagram lives and actually thought those were pretty good too. So that's not a, <laughs> it's not wasting, it's wasting time. Well, that's good because we hate wasting time, especially when we're talking um, professional hockey, especially AHL and NHL hockey in the western half of the United States, as the Pro Hockey West Report is all about. <sighs> okay, you mentioned it. Last night uh, I was at the uh, beautiful Akashur Arena for Game 7 of the Calder Cup uh, Finals. Uh, Steven, I-, I went into that game thinking, okay, this this is going to be Coachella Valley's night. Um, everything seemed to be um, leaning that direction. They'd played phenomenal at home, especially against Hershey. Hershey had had no answer for anything that uh, Coachella had done. Uh, the game starts out. It's quickly a, uh, after just a couple of minutes into the second period. It's quickly a two nothing uh, Coachella lead, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. And uh, one thing that Todd Nelson, the head coach of the Hershey Bears, said um, after um, Monday night's game was that, you know, once these guys start scoring, they usually score in bunches, and we just don't have an answer for it. Um, well, that those two goals were all that uh, the Firebirds were able to muster last night. Uh, and late in the second period, the, um, the Hershey Bears tied it up, made it 2-2. It was scoreless through the third scoreless through nearly um, 17 minutes of overtime. And then Mike Vecchioni, who, uh, as I told you uh, last night, I said Mike Vecchioni and Mike Carconi are both um, Joey DeCord's kryptonite. And that wasn't really Joey's fault other than the fact that he couldn't corral the rebounds. Uh, that that game-winning goal was the puck was bouncing around off his pad, glove, stick, and um, uh, Mike Vecchioni was close enough to uh, – to just uh, temp it into basically an empty net uh, for the goal. So congratulations to the Hershey Bears on a, uh, a fantastic season, a great run, um, never get up, give up, I should say, never get uh, up. type that attitude. Wouldn't be, that wouldn't be good. <laughs> never get up. No, no, never give up. Never, never give up, up is what I was, it was, I was after. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing too, uh, by the way, I hear popping when you go off. Uh, you, you, I don't know. If yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what that is. I'm trying to so, figure that myself sure. here. I, just, I, I didn't want to say anything because I don't know if it'll come up on the replay, but I didn't know if that was something we could be going on here. But um, yeah, I just the the other thing I, I mentioned too was, uh, and I said this on the Instagram last night when we did that was that it, they got up and it was brought up I think on the broadcast of, of the Firebirds broadcast I think maybe on the Hershey broadcast as well that if the Firebirds had gotten up to a 3 nothing lead they had gotten that third goal and got up by three I, I don't think Hershey's coming back and, and getting getting this game and you'd be talking about the Firebirds being the champion and not Hershey I think it's that much of a difference I mean maybe they could have came back 3-0 but they came back from a 2 nothing deficit but you wonder if the Firebirds had gotten that had gotten to a 3 nothing lead how much of a difference that would have made yeah, I totally agree with you. I think uh, scoring the third would have been the most important goal of the game. And, uh, and let's be honest here. Coachella had their chances. They had a number of shots, 47 shots, I think, on on net on the night. So they had their opportunities. The, the problem was they just couldn't convert. And when you can't convert on that many opportunities, sooner or later, uh, the other team's going to get their opportunities. And if they do convert, which they did, it's a three-two overtime win, and um, you know the the faces of of 
the players from Coachella Valley and the fans, which was another sold out packed venue, um, was simply shock and disbelief. I think uh, right away there was really not a lot of tears, not a lot of heartbreak. They they just really didn't really believe it was over. And I guess when you're a new fan base, sometimes you feel like, oh, there's going to be another game tomorrow. And as a player, you know that's not happening. But um, it, it's just uh, it, it's really weird the way that uh, the way that played out. But as I said, congratulations to the Hershey Bears. Can't take a thing away from them, especially when they have a bulldog in net like uh, one Hunter Shepard. And, uh, you know, I, I've got some friends in that team and Mason Morelli and uh, Aaron Ness and Henrik Boardstrom. That, that you've got friends at the Hershey. You've got friends in <laughs> low places and high places and in medium places. And <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I'm getting that popping. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just stay um, unmuted the whole time. I think it works when you're not muted or when, yeah. when you're muted. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. I just should stay not muted ever. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't know about that. I'm not sure Paul Hornstein would agree with that. No, anyway, um, so uh, can, I, can I mention this too? While, yeah. while we're on this topic, and I think this is great. The the AHL um, recap article about this, but it was also said on the the Bears broadcast. Is the because and when they uh, and I thought it was great by their broadcaster. I looked up the name here. I believe it's the broadcaster Zach Fish. F-I-S-C-H. He's the voice of the Hershey Bears. Yep. And he said something about sweeter by the dozen. He said, I think he said that on the call when they won the call the cup. But I'm just thinking, how great is that call? Because it's their 12th championship in their yes. history. And, uh, of course, 12 and a dozen, in case people didn't know. <laughs> but um, what was interesting about it, also it says here that this is the uh, fourth Calder Cup since be becoming the top development affiliate of the Capitals in 2005. And under head coach Todd Nelson, who has won his second Calder Cup as a head coach and his fourth overall, his, uh, Hershey defeated Charlotte uh, Checkers 3-1. Uh, to one. This shows you how much the league has changed since because Hershey and Charlotte, now those would be kind of – now those would be in the same – same conference, I think, or maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's different conferences, but because it's there wasn't these West teams before. The Hartford Wolfpack 3-0, and, and again 3-0, so <laughs> it was a different uh, different then. And then Rochester Americans 4-2, uh, and then they beat uh, Coachella Valley. Oh, I see. Maybe this is oh this is this is this year. Okay, that makes more sense. Okay, I was wondering that maybe that was who they previously <laughs> beat, but that was who they. That's what they did this year. So they got past Charlotte 3-1, they got past Hartford 3-0, Rochester 4-2, and then. Coachella Valley in the in the finals there. I guess I should have proof looked at this over before. <laughs> That's what when, oh. you're <laughs> when you're when you're running late like I was too. Hey, <laughs> to right. Taking care of stuff, you know. We gotta get. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. So th this is uh the end of the AHL's 87th season. Uh, kind of need to think about it. 87 years. NHL's been around over 100 years. Operation since 1936. Of course, the AHL continues to serve the top development to lead from 90 team or 30 all 32 teams. And uh, nearly 90% of today's NHL players are American Hockey League graduates, more than 100 honored members of the Hockey Hall of Fame, which, of course, we just have some new members going going into the hall this year. Uh, they spent time in the AHL in their careers. So, uh, so yeah, some interesting stuff there. We talked about Hunter Shepard. He got the MVP trophy, the Jack A. Butterfield trophy. He, he started all 20 games for Hershey during the postseason, although it was in game six that they pulled him. Maybe there, maybe there was a little bit of foresight in this. And put Pukali in to kind of fit. That was when Coachella Valley was kind of getting way ahead, I think, in the third period. Maybe knowing that he's played so much, maybe give him a little bit of an extra rest for game seven. And it turned out to be a good decision because obviously Shepard came back in game seven and was great. Uh, but he had a 14 and six record 
Uh, during the postseason, a 2.27 goals against average, a .914 save percentage, three shutouts. So Joey Decord, I think, had two on his side. So three shutouts for for Shepard, and then a, a 45 save performance in last night's Game 7. So uh, pretty well-deserved. And I think, you know, I think it's, as you said, with, when we were talking about it, with, when the, on the Instagram, you know, who who could be the MVP if Coachella Valley were to win? Of course, it didn't end that way. But um, you had a, you made the case for for uh, Decord on on the Coachella Valley side just because you, there were so many guys that were scoring, and maybe it was diluting because so many people were getting points, and it, how it was hard to kind of just pick one. Maybe the same could be said on on Hershey's side. They had a lot of top scores, and it's just hard to kind of pick pick one. So you kind of default to to the guy that's your backstop, and uh, you go with the goaltender. And I shouldn't say default because it's it's a it's a it's a it's not saying you're settling for for your goaltender, but but it's it's a worthy choice. But uh, but your goaltender has to make big stops in, in huge situations, and and he did three shutouts in the postseason for Shepard, as I mentioned, and had a pretty good record and was outstanding in last night's game seven, which probably had a lot to to do with because it was you know these it's kind of a what what have you done for me lately kind of thing, and you're talking about a game seven, the highest of highest of uh, situations and. And getting, although I don't know when the MVP votes have to be had to be in by because obviously into overtime, so I'm sure it was decided if if maybe maybe not maybe because it was an overtime game it it was gonna come down to whoever won maybe if it was Coachella Valley they had a person picked out if it was Hershey they had a person picked out but uh, maybe it was just gonna be whichever goaltender won uh, so maybe Decord <laughs> would, got, would have gotten it had the Firebirds won but uh, but either way I, I think yeah I think I think you may have uh, and just so people know uh, I was part of the media but I was not asked. To, uh, to vote for MVP, so I'm not sure how saying, that happened. Are you saying you're not, we're not, you're not big time yet? I mean, you're Mr. You're the king here. You, you yeah, you roll up well, there in your limo to Acrisure Arena. Let me let me uh, let me uh, tell you I'm a sorry, little I bit. I did see. I did. You did get a little bit of time on. I did see you on the ice though on, on the AHL uh, well, yeah. broadcast. Got to see the back of your head a little bit. With the, nice. That's that's always great. Did you see my Ice Time Hockey West logo on the back of my on the jacket? Backside. Now I see why you put the logo on the backside. <laughs> anyway, um, I will tell you a little behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, uh, I know the AHL works uh, on a limited budget as far as uh, staff and all of that. And they do a really good job of doing what they can, what they can. But, you know, I think at this point in time, it's time that they start, you know, stepping up their game a little bit too. And I don't want to be too critical on this show because that's not what we do. But, um, it was kind of frustrating because they had run a press conference for every game. And then on this last one, they said, yeah, we're not going to do a press conference. So, um, and I heard this from three different people. I, yeah, there's no hanging around, no, no reason to hang around. There's not going to be a press conference. Nobody's coming in here, even though the room is set for one. Um, there were a lot of people that were left in the, in the uh, media room waiting for a press conference. Um, when we were told for the third time that there wasn't going to be a press conference, I went up and went up to the concourse and set up to do our Instagram live. Well, lo and behold, uh, Dan Bilesma comes in, sits down at the podium and, uh, and has a press conference. Well, first of all, you know me, Stephen, I, I don't think anything really productive comes out of talking to the losing team because a, they're frustrated. They know they didn't do their best. Uh, they just got beat. What are you going to get out of them, really, you know? But, like, in this scenario, uh, I wanted to be there to show my support for, for Dan and the team and everything, and I thought that was just uh, a respectful thing to do. So I was a little disappointed that I wasn't told um, that he was coming in and, uh, and was able to be down there for it. But I heard some good clips from some of the guys that asked the questions, and it was like you would expect. You know, he was uh, – 
he felt for the guys. He knew uh, there's really nothing he could say at that time uh, that would, would change the outcome or change their feelings or anything like that. So he just tried to stay positive and do what, what Dan Bilesma does, which is stay positive. Um, but I think if they look back at it or when they look back at it, because certainly they will, they're going to find out that they kind of gave that, that game away. I think they had it. I think they had control of it. And it slipped through their fingers. And, and credit to Hershey because the start of that third period, they took it to the Firebirds. And they, uh, but but like I was telling people, I said, you know, they, they spent a lot of energy in that third period. And you could tell the second or last two, three minutes of the, of the period or regulation, they were content with just dumping it in and going, going to change and, uh, and playing really for overtime because I think they needed a rest. And I don't know if uh, Coachella Valley really picked up on that because if they had, I think they would have applied a little more pressure and maybe could have won that thing in regulation. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, I think they kind of sat back a little bit and were trying to maybe just play with a two nothing lead and and or two one lead, I guess whatever it was, ended up being at the time, and then just hope that Decord was gonna make the saves that he had been making. Which again, I'm not gonna put this on him because he was he was great, and he was been great all his postseason. But yeah, I mean sometimes that's just, and it's it's so hard to believe because it's a game seven. You just, you figure you gotta go full on and like what are you conserving yourself for? I mean there's no game, there's no tomorrow, there's no. There's no game eight, so you, you put take put everything out there, and and be aggressive and and do that and and didn't maybe seem like Coachella Valley was was being as aggressive as they, they could be trying to trying to pad their lead or try to protect the lead, um, which is unfortunate. I think that's probably why it stings the most because they did have the the lead and then they they did give it away, which is credit to Hershey. They they obviously wanted it and they came out and put the pressure on and and did what they did and they have a lot of you know, as I mentioned, Todd Nelson's got a lot of experience in the AHL level, and that franchise has a lot of experience with winning. But still, it's diff- you know, it's different guys, and and they've got to come together. And and down Bosma is, is you know, it's not again. It, a coach can only do so much. It's then it's up to the players to to come out there and do that. And and maybe you know, and you have the home crowd, so you think, okay, everything's gonna be kind of like that. But you know, I just yeah, I think Hershey obviously felt more uh, against the Walkers are playing on the road and. And maybe Coachella Valley felt comfortable because they they knew they were at home. They they've been at home in the postseason. They've done they win and they know they can perform at home. So maybe they they didn't feel like they they had to really go out there. I don't know. It's 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 a weird thing. It's a game well, seven. So let let me let me throw a couple of things at you. Number one is uh, that was game number ninety eight for the. Uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds. The I, most, heard 90, I heard 99, or was that 90? Maybe that was 99 for Hershey. Yeah, they corrected. It was 98, 98, uh, 98 games. Um, so that's a lot of hockey to be played. So not to make any excuses, but they may have been just getting tired. I mean, well, that's... They played, and they played the... Except for the... They played one below the maximum in the postseason. You know, plus a full, right. full 72 schedule. And then they played every game in the postseason that they had... That they, they were that they had to play except for one, the and the Milwaukee series ended up going, they were able to take care of that one in six instead of seven. So, But, but they also played some overtime. And some overtime in that. So that, so that actually brought them up to play in the max, if you count minutes. And as I mentioned, so Hershey, they had a, a, a 3-0 series they won by, a 3-1 series. So yep. they, it was a little bit of a, I guess, an easier, easier path for them. 
Um, and and it's and it's not a knock on on the Western Conference, but the Eastern Conference has always had a reputation of being really tough in the American Hockey League. I mean, it's that's kind of the the history of this league has been, you know, it's mostly been East or Midwest teams. And so it's always been kind of, that's like the, you know, these this West teams are still kind of finding themselves. And even though there's a Western conference and an Eastern conference, the teams, some, some Western conference teams are kind of older established teams. And, and, uh, and, and again, Coachella, so for Coachella Valley to be in the position they were, I mean, heck, we talked about Hershey not having been in California for, you know, something 50 years, but that was, because there hasn't been a lot of California teams in the AHL in the, in the history, except for, I guess, a period of time. But, um, you know, it's, but obviously the, it, it's not, it's not a new thing now anymore, but it's still a fairly new occurrence that we have teams out here wet in the West, this division with, with the teams in Bakersfield and, and in, uh, in, in Ontario and in, in Henderson and in Tucson. And, you know, it's still a San Diego. Know, don't San forget Diego, about them. Yes. And San Jose. <laughs> I mean, those teams have, been around a bit but not not super long so and, and they've been some teams have been around longer in other leagues but so i think you know i just think there's a different style of game in the in the east than in the west and maybe that plays a factor too although dan bosma probably knows a little bit about that style because he he was it over in the, in that side of the, i believe he was before he went to pittsburgh i believe he was with their ahl affiliate before that but um so yeah so i mean it's well, like I said, first of all, I think they may have run out of a little gas. Yeah. I think in, in Joey's case, I commented through the first two, two and a half periods that he was really on his game. There were no rebounds. He was seeing the puck, tracking the puck well, like he like wanted to do as a goaltender, especially in big games. Um, and and then all of a sudden in that third, like uh, that, if you watch that sequence that Mike Vecchi only scored the game winner on, there were two or three shots that hit Joey that he wasn't able to corral the rebound. And uh, it's not all on him because he had defensemen there that could have gotten on that loose puck and cleared it. But clearly at, at that point, the, the bears were on the attack, uh, pardon the pun. Uh, but anyway, they were on the attack and um, the, the Coachella Valley fibers are kind of on their heels. And uh, you know what? It just takes one, right? It just takes one opportunity and when it's sudden death, they mean sudden death. You score that goal, it's over with. The gloves are flying, the sticks are flying. It's uh, it's a done deal. But so so I think fatigue uh, definitely played a part. Uh, I think playing a lot of games played a part. And then I think, uh, like it or not, it, this is their first year. I mean, I put a picture out there of me at uh, the December eighteenth opening game, and and then now in June twenty uh, first. Uh, in the, uh, the the final game, and boy, there's been a lot of hockey played, and that that's not a lot of time to experience everything and to feel everything. And maybe some of these guys just had never been in that position before, and um, maybe they started getting a little tight. You know, the, the fans were behind them and pushing them, and so maybe that lack of experience kind of cropped up and caused them well, some issues as well. Could that that case probably could have been made for? The Golden Knights in their first season in the NHL, the, you know these players Boy. all come together from other teams, and they have you hit that right on the head. That's exactly what I was thinking last the run night. That they had, and then they they get to the Stanley Cup final. And, and granted, that didn't go seven games; it only went five games. But Washington, a team that was has been around a bit, they have great players at that you know Ovechkin and stuff, all hungry for a, a cup. And you got these team of, of misfits come together and have a great run, and they get to the final, and and that's probably uh, where 
it, things take over and Washington shows how the experienced team and, and uh, Vegas, of course, being a new team and not maybe knowing how to handle themselves on that big stage. So, um, you know, of course, what's happened since then, the moves and all the shuffling around that they've done since then to try to get back to that point, which they did, and to win this time, which they did. So, you know, six seasons, they get it done. But with Coachella Valley, yeah, I mean, their first season, and they, I I, st- I think back to when we were when we were talking about this team starting up and it didn't have a name yet. It didn't have a logo yet. You know, it, it didn't have fuego yet. It didn't have fuego yet. The building was still <laughs> was dirt. I remember you going by there and it was just, still had, just as you did here in Henderson with the dollar lonesome, it was just going up and, and being built and stuff. So, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, not that long ago, of course, and even about this time last year, maybe even a little bit before la- uh, this time last year, because of the, Remember, we still had it as AHL Palm Springs or something because we didn't know what the name of the when we yeah. were trying to formulate our yep. coverage stuff and stuff. And uh, then eventually the name came together. I think we kind of joked for a while because it took a while for the name to, to come out. I think too. Oh no, we did that with with the Calgary team because the when Stockton left last year, they they went to Cal- Calgary, but we didn't know what they were going to be called, so we were having a little fun with that too. But but uh, yeah, so I think it's, well, let me ask you this: okay. Isn't this a little bit ironic as well? Uh, the Washington Capitals eliminated. Uh, and won the Stanley Cup ah, from the yeah. Vegas Golden Knights in their first season. And the Hershey Bears, the top affiliate of the Washington Capitals, eliminates Coachella Valley in their first year in the Calder Cup. Yes. Ironic? Ironic? Different? What do you think? Ironic, but different in the fact that Hershey has won, this is their 12th title. The Washington, it was their first ever Stanley Cup. So, But, uh, but yeah, similar in that regard is, is this the affiliation for for, and then, and then the, the Coachella Valley Firebirds are the AHL team of the Seattle Kraken, which is the newest NHL team. So you can even go back, you can even go that far, and uh, and it's the newest AHL team is affiliated with the newest NHL team. So and then you talk about why. So it's it's kind of interesting how the leagues. We always talk about how the league kind of why the AHL is so important, why we want to focus more on it because. It does feed in the NHL, and we, we see that so much during the season with players get called up and contributing and stuff or eventually getting an opportunity. I mean, we, but it just seems the parallels between the, the organizations and franchises, and there's just a lot of ties there in that that's kind of cool between the two leagues. So, yeah, that's yeah, really, cool. It really is. Um, now, here's the question I want to ask is, how soon when they get back to Chocolate Town will we see the Calder Cup filled with a bunch of Hershey's chocolate bars? If that hasn't happened already, I would be shocked. I've seen some pictures that came out, um, and if it, you know, if, if it wasn't done already, it'll be done very, very soon. So, uh, you know, again, congratulations to the Hershey Bears. They, they battled for it. Would we have liked to have seen another uh, championship out here in the West and a Calder Cup, and we could have kind of pumped our chests out and said we have a Stanley Cup and a Calder Cup in the West? That would have just Absolutely. been that would have that would have just been that would have been just too much, right? I mean. To have the, the have both our I mean that would have just we we don't want to we don't want to be uh we don't want our cup <laughs> to run it over right we okay we got, yeah. we got a, we got a Stanley Cup which I'm very happy about here in Vegas uh, there'll come a time where maybe it'll be the, the Firebirds time but uh, you know I think this this year our, for our purposes we can be happy for our Golden Knights they get it done and for the Firebirds a great first season for them and uh, I'm sure they're gonna. Their time will come where they're going to win. I was going to say this for later, but while we're on this, we'll kind of tie this in to everything because we're talking Washington, Hershey, everything. We're talking about the Washington Capitol thing here, and it, it involves the Calgary Wranglers because their coach, now their ex-coach, Mitch Love, is now going to be an assistant in Washington. So kind of there is, there's that tie again with, with the 
Washington now going to have uh, taking Mitch Love <laughs> and putting them on their on their staff with uh, with new head coach Spencer Carberry and and a goaltending coach uh, Scott Murray and Scott Allen. So uh, so there you go. So it's going to be a new. It's going to and that's will be a topic we could talk. Now it's the off season, so it's it's weird because it's in late June, but I'm already seeing preseason schedules come out for the NHL. The AHL's already put out opening nights for some teams. And uh, the season just ended, so we're already talking the draft, which we you were trying, you know, which we, you you were making plans for that and stuff, and, and decided you're not going to get out there in time, so uh, because the season just went so long. So uh, that's what happens when the teams that you follow closely make deep runs for the for the Golden Knights here in the NHL, and for you the Firebirds in there in California. Well, I don't know if you know this, but from Palm Springs to Nashville, where they're holding the draft and the awards, it's 27 hours. Oh. I started trying to put the uh, the driving path together, and uh, and I'm going like, you know, if I do this rationally, that's going to be basically three nine-hour days. Wait, when do you do stuff rationally? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you I drive 14 I was trying, hours in a day, so I mean, that's, well, yeah, nine-hour days, that is rationally for you. <laughs> but see, I don't think I could do back-to-back 12-hour days or whatever, 14-hour days, whatever it would take to get out there. And and then I started thinking about it. I thought, you know, if I do that, by the time I arrive for that award show on, on Monday night, uh, I'm going to be just beat. I'm going to be basically useless. So uh, if I couldn't have a little more time to do it, it just didn't make sense. And like I said, uh, I had thought that maybe this would end on Monday. I thought maybe it was going to end in Hershey. Um, and then I thought, okay, if they win, then there's going to be uh, some sort of celebration. I think they were talking, if, if Coachella had won, I think there was going to be a celebration on a Saturday. So I was going like, well, that would that. really eliminate it. So as much as I would like to be there uh, for the draft, there will be other times. Maybe it'll be right in Vegas next year and be much, much easier to get to. But it'll be easy. It'll be easier for me, certainly. Yeah, well, absolutely. And uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of I I don't want to make this is a serious thing and it's a sad story, but uh, to kind of take off sports for a second. But don't uh, don't plan any expeditions to see the Titanic anytime soon. So just don't put that on your, uh, you know. Don't. That's not on my bucket list because that would don't, be don't a terrible, terrible thing. And uh, and I don't I don't mean to make light of it because I feel very sorry for those that, that lost and that and that tragedy there. But uh, uh, I don't know why I bring it up. I was I guess I was trying to be funny. I shouldn't have been funny. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but drive driving nine hours, three days probably okay. But just don't. I'm just saying as, as well. That that would require. Don't plan, don't plan any w- uh, expeditions to see the Titanic anytime soon. That would have required probably going Friday, driving Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then being there Monday. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, let's be honest. I'm kind of a wimp now. I grew up in Minnesota, but I'm kind of a wimp now weather-wise. And uh, I'm not interested in getting into hail, uh, thunderstorms, tornadoes, hurricanes, all of those types of things that tend to to wreak havoc in that area. So, um, you know, I was putting that into play as well, you know, if I can drive nine hours under perfect conditions, what if they're not perfect? What if there's rainstorms and stuff that slow me down or delay me? You know, I mean, am I going to be making this trip for really no reason? So that's kind of, you never really know. You never know. And, and the other thing is, uh, you know, the development camps are already set um, for the first week of July, actually running a lot of teams anyway, running right over the 4th of July. And um, you can get down and check out the, the ducks one. Yeah, I need to check the Ducks. I need or to the check Kings. the uh, Kings. Uh, you've got the Vegas. the Golden Knights. Yeah, I saw so, that they, 
the coyotes put out there so you can head on over go back to your old spruits there in scottsdale and visit I the could. in scottsdale and <laughs> i could <laughs> or i could stay in southern california we'll see well, both places have their pl- positive and negatives. The go- I'm sure there's some good golf spots in uh, in California. I mean, heck, the U.S. Open was just not f- too far away from you in uh, in Los Angeles. There, right in Los Angeles. Yep, and I was there the Friday of it, Friday and Saturday. I was actually not far from the uh, L.A. Country Club. But anyway, that's a whole other uh, direction to head. So anyway, I'm just bringing up the golf thing because there's going to be a lot of golf and uh, the golf courses are going to get a little bit fuller now with the hockey players now that they're in the offseason. Of course, <laughs> teams that didn't make deep runs in the playoffs probably already got them golfing. Yeah, I don't know. If, did you see the Calgary Wranglers? They've already been playing golf for a couple of months. Well, and Stanley Cup made its way out to one of the golf courses here with some of the Golden Knights players and stuff. I saw Mark Stone in a golf cart with the Stanley Cup. So Yeah, I think that might have been up at uh, Bill Foley's place, though. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah. But still, I said a golf course. I didn't say it was here in Vegas. <laughs> You're right. I think that was at Bill Foley's uh, Rock Creek, Mont- Rock Creek uh, Cattle Company. Anyway, um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's all part of it. But what a great AHL season. I-, I put out a thank you today to the Pacific Division because the Pacific Division drove, uh, I think, the uh, the drive for the Calder Cup because uh, Calgary and Coachella Valley were one two almost the entire year and uh, they were being pushed hard by Ontario San Diego Henderson Tucson all the teams up Bakersfield uh, Abbotsford all of those teams out here in the West were pushing them um, to make them achieve record wins in order to secure spots you can remember Stephen, right when it came down to the very end we didn't know if it was going to be calgary or coachella valley that was going to get the number one seed in the pacific yeah and it turned out to be calgary but of course it ended up being coachella valley that really ended up being the de facto number one seed because they had the the home ice advantage uh you know it's always interesting in that sort of situation and i wonder why they wouldn't do this because you know, if, because you feel bad. For, I mean, I guess that's part of how they do the, you know, you make that decision. But if, if to say that series with Calgary and Coachella Valley, um, why you wouldn't make it, maybe it did happen, I just didn't realize it, why you wouldn't make them a road team in, at a, in their home rink. I think they do that in the best of three series. If it goes in the, it's when it's in one city, they'll do, you know, the home team will be the home team. And then the, the, uh, the team that's hosting the game will be the road team in game two. And if there's a third game, then they're the home team again. I wonder why they wouldn't do that in the series where I guess, cause the teams had to, had a choice. So I guess that then, then it, that's the, that's the risk that they take. But if the Calgary Coachella Valley thing was a, was a scheduling thing, why didn't, why couldn't they make it to where Calgary was the home team in that fifth game instead of Coachella Valley, where they'd get the last change and all that stuff that comes with that. But, yeah, that's a good a question. question. I think that needs to be directed towards the AHL, and I'm not sure that it didn't happen. It might have, um, because really, the the home team, you know, like you mentioned, it the last change is the big thing that the coaches look at. So, you know, who knows if the, if that really happened or not? I don't know. But anyway, it, it's interesting fodder. It's it's food for thought for uh, for down the road. Um, so here's the big question. This is going to lead us in the second half of the show. So I'll ask the question now. We'll take our break and we'll come back and answer it before we start talking a little bit about the draft and draft order. And I know you got all that stuff in front of you. So, 
Yep, I'll have it. I'll have it up here in just a second. <laughs> anyway, um, so <laughs> any, we're both dog tired people. We've been up uh, very long days uh, for the last few weeks. So anyway, um, so here's here's the deal. And and fans in Coachella Valley are learning the game, and God bless them, they're doing a fantastic job of it. But a lot of them were thinking, I think that. Oh yeah, Joey Decord's going to be back. Ty Cartier is going to be back. Riker Evans, all, all these guys that we love, uh, and they love them all. But a lot of the players that they really love and gravitate to are going to be back next year. So yeah, well, it's a bummer that it's over now. We'll see them again in October, and and things will be rocking and rolling. But that's not the case. I mean, there are probably a handful of players from uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds that will be with the Kraken next year and maybe a few more that are going to get free agent offers. We saw this happen with, or I saw it happen with Colorado last year, uh, particularly with the Nashville team, which ended up being, you know, mostly Milwaukee's players, but they, they went out and signed players to two-way contracts and players, you can't blame them. You know, that's their opportunity to get a shot at the, uh, at the NHL. So um, yeah, it, it's going to be a different team. And I talked to a couple of security guards and, and people like that, Last night in the arena, they were going, like, you know, that's the thing I'm going to miss the most is I don't know how many of these guys are going to be back next year. 100% correct. So that being said, let's take a quick break. You think that over, and then we will talk about uh, the guys that may be going, and we'll talk about um, the draft and who might be coming in. So we'll be right back in uh, just a couple of minutes. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our Best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Really, JR, you think you can still do this? I'm focused. You're way too old to hit that target from there. I've been listening to everything you said It's been running through my head Locked and loaded Still got it Still got it Who's old now? After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack is located at 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe and 592 West White Mountain Boulevard in Pine Top, as well as its Ghost Kitchen in Queen Creek. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, call us at 
888-285-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From ITHSW Podcast, this is the Pro Hockey West Report. Indeed it is the Pro Hockey West Report. Scott Strandy with you tonight as we podcast late night from Palm Springs, California, where it's a beautiful, beautiful day today. Wind picking up again, but uh, that's out on the interstate. I've learned things, Stephen. I've moved myself from the interstate to downtown Palm Springs, where it's much calmer almost uh, all day long and all night long. So my co-host is always Stephen Marsh from that beautiful championship city that is Las Vegas, Nevada, and we're talking AHL. Um, Stephen, I, I went into the break by asking that question. Um, how, how do teams regroup? How do fans regroup? You've seen it uh, with Henderson and, and, and such, but uh, is that a difficult thing? It's more difficult, I think, in the AHL than the NHL because – Players go up and down even during the middle of the year. And usually in an NHL team that's, that's playing pretty well, uh, there's really not a whole lot of changes. Well, even in a salary cap world, it, there isn't a whole lot of changes typically with a team that, that wins. Uh, but sometimes there there are some moves to be made. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. In the AHL, of course, it's very different because – uh, some players are fighting for those spots in the top team. Uh, and it depends on the organization, too. It depends if you have a lot of younger players in your team, if you're more in a uh, upswing, more in a rebuilding kind of thing or you're trying to get back to promise, or if you're a team that is a contender, one of the top, like a Vegas or these other top teams that maybe won't have a lot of room. But So as you go into the season, there will be differences. But then there's also free agents that sign with other teams because maybe they might get a better opportunity with uh, that organization to, to get a spot on the NHL uh, team where that organization doesn't want to bring bring them back, uh, so they go sign somewhere else. So it's there is a lot of that that happens at that level at the AHL. So you do see a lot of uh, you do see a lot of that. So yeah, teams teams. I mean, I, I saw it with Henderson's uh, year after year. It seemed like it seemed like it the team was pretty different from the year before that. Uh, certainly from that first season and then. To the, the third season, you know, it's it's it, it changes even during the season, but certainly certainly the off season it 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 changes. So, I mean, there'll probably be a core of players that that could, that will come back, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of players, and, and players only stay maybe for a year or two. The contracts are not very, you know, they sign one year deals or maybe a two year deal or something. If they're, you know, if they're just, you know, at, you know, and then they move on to another team if they're not getting the looks, because ultimately those guys at the HL level they feel like they're good enough. If they, you know, if they try hard enough, or they feel like they're doing really well at that level, they want to crack at the NHL team, and maybe the organization they're with, that the opportunity's not going to be there because it's a, it's a good team, or, or they had the roster's pretty full with, with good prospects, so they, they're kind of low on the the totem pole, so to speak. So, uh, they move on to another organization where maybe they're going to get more of an opportunity, and and in a lot of cases that happens, and they do get an opportunity, and they and they thrive with it. So. For those reasons, yes, it's very different from year to year, it seems like, with the AHL teams. Well, and I'll give you an example. A lot of the fans here, as you know, have, uh, and here, I mean, Coachella Valley, have fallen in love with uh, with Joey Decord and his play and his style an and the way he... free agent coming up. Uh, right, and, and what happens with, with in Joey's case is, uh, I believe Seattle wanted him in, in Coachella to get a lot of playing time. And they knew he wasn't going to get a lot backing up Philip Grubauer. 
and they they thought that he needed for development wise to to see a lot of pucks and play well, a lot got, of games, and he, he certainly of, did. He got his fix of that. <laughs> yes, he did. So so now this coming year now is is Joey ready to be the backup to Philip Grub, Grubauer, or will he challenge him? And if he does, do they become a tandem goaltending unit in uh, in Seattle? Where they rotate, and is it a different world now that that Joey can maybe play 30, 35 games rotating at the NHL level instead of getting the the workload that he got down here in Coachella? I mean, we just don't know. And like you say, if he gets an opportunity to go somewhere else, and somebody's looking for a great goaltender, they're going to get one. So uh, you know, we have that. Um, it, so I I think fans have to adjust. Uh, they have to be happy with the team. Um, that they're supporting and not necessarily just the players. I mean, we saw it here in Coachella Valley, uh, Ty Cartier, Jesper Froden, um, guys like that, that John Hayden were up with the Kraken for a while, and then they came back, and it was almost like you had to reintroduce yourself to each other and uh, and get things going again. So um, I, I just think it's a unique scenario. And, of course, with the draft coming up next Wednesday and Thursday in Nashville, as we alluded to a little earlier, now there's going to be an influx of new players. And one of the things I enjoy, and I think you do as well, is getting out to the development camp because you get to see all these guys from from the young 18, 19-year-olds to uh, college players that are getting a look, getting invited to a development camp. Um, and I know the NCAA players that go will tell you when they come back, they really picked up a lot of new things, and it's really a good experience for them. So um it's- yeah, it's been interesting because some teams did development camps what, in 2021, but you know, with the pandemic and everything, there was like a couple of years or so where there wasn't really development camps going on. So, you know, you think about Vegas, and they had, the, of course, the the first season, which was at the Las Vegas Ice Center. This is how long ago it was. Nothing, nothing was finished yet here. City National wasn't finished. I mean, so, so the, I remember going to watching some of it at the Ice. Hold Center. on a minute. How long ago? <laughs> Yeah, six years. Less than a decade, my friend. My beard was older than that. Yeah, seven years ago, I guess now, or six years ago, whenever I guess. Well, (laughs) be seven years, I guess, because it was the season prior. I guess six years, but um, and then then they had one in 2019, but obviously 2020 there wasn't one. 2021 there wasn't one. Uh, 2022, uh, they did have one, and then this year they'll have one. So it's kind of interesting that you know in the five. This is season. They'll be going into season number seven. This will only be the third development camp that they that they've had. No, this will be the the fourth one, I guess, that they've had, but only the third one, a city national. So it's it's it. There was like it felt like for like three years we didn't have one because of the pandemic and everything. So, uh, but yeah, those things are very important because uh, you do get a chance to see all your your prospects, and you know it's it's a good time because there's nothing. Obviously, there's there's no. Um, college hockey going on there's no juniors hockey it's the summer so everything's you know not going on so you have a chance to bring everybody together it's like a big old week-long summer camp uh you know basically and for hockey for for uh, for for the for the prospects and bring them in and work on some things and get a chance to, for the scouts to all be together and see them all together and for the general managers and the coaches uh the henderson coaches will be involved obviously the uh, the coaches that are are there still currently still looking for a head coach we haven't they're still searching for one I think and uh, well they haven't announced one yet at least and then and then of course uh, 
And then, of course, it's up, they'll bring up the ECHL coaches. I think they did that last year. Probably going to do that again this year. So everybody will be together. It's like one big happy happy family, organizational family, and uh, and have these development camps. And it's great because it's, it's more – it's more not just the the on ice stuff too. There's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Like they they bring in people to learn how to cook and eat healthy, and and they they do a or maybe that's during rookie camp. I don't know. I yeah, think I think wasn't that wasn't that last year that that you were gonna sit down on some of those cooking classes? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that was during. <laughs> camp, uh, talking to the media, how to how to talk to us and stuff like that. They go through all that during the camp, I think. Uh, at least one of the either rookie camp or development camp. They, I think it's uh, development camp. They go through all that. So th- there's a lot of stuff that they learn from behind the scenes too about, about how the organization works and just things like that. And it's very valuable for those that get uh, get to be a part of that. And obviously those that get drafted this year uh, with the respective teams will will participate in that as well as other prospects within the organizations that uh, are around the NHL. So yeah, it's a, it's a fun few days and it's and it's fun for the fans to see it too because the fans can come and watch and. And, and be a part of it too. So, because uh, you know we're going to be what two weeks without hockey here in Vegas, so people will be itching for something. So. Oh goodness, yeah, <laughs> goodness, they're going to be looking for a softball I mean, game it's or something. Seven degrees out. Well, if it ever gets to 107, <laughs> we haven't hit 100 degrees officially yet in Vegas. Can you believe that? This uh, I can't, but gonna, it, it hasn't been that warm here we're either. We're going to break uh, a record, I believe. If if we don't hit 100, if if, if if when we get to this weekend, I believe we'll hit a record for. And granted, this is officially out of the airport, but. I'm sure some parts of town have gotten to 100, but officially the the reading out at Harry Reid Airport is what they go by, and we've got like 200 and actually they're showing it right now. I'm watching. I've got the news on. It's like, uh, it's gonna be the longest streak of without 100 degrees. We we last hit 100 here. It's September 9th, I think, and we're going on now 290 days without a 100 degree days. But I'm not complaining. Glo- really, global way, cooling, my friend. Global cooling. Anything, but it's just kind of interesting because normally by now we'll have had a a spell of summer weather, which is like 106 or seven, but we've not hit a hundred of that officially. So, uh, no, no rush though. No rush. Take your time. <laughs> How's that big lake got by, uh, by Las Vegas? Is it filling up a little bit or no? Yeah, a little bit. I think this, I think a little bit of water went in there from all the rain we had this and the snowpack that happened, uh, this year. And I think they released okay. some, and I think they released some from the, from the reservoir too. So from, from Beaver, uh, Canyon or, or something. So we got a little bit, I think it did go up a couple of feet, but, uh, more obviously, we need we need a lot more to to get it back to uh, a respectable level. Okay, so let's uh, let's uh, wrap things up by talking a little bit about the draft. As we mentioned, uh, next Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday will be rounds one and two, I believe, and then the uh, the final rounds will all be done on Thursday. But um, when we look at the West, particularly the Pacific Division, uh, and you see teams like. You know, we know the year that the Ducks in. Uh, we pick a number two and probably going to take Adam Fantilli. I saw somebody from Vegas sure? today I was tell me it was going to be Leo Carlson, yeah, and I'm going like, ah, see that. The, not in your wildest dreams. But but go ahead. Uh, go ahead and dream it if you'd like. But if you pass on Adam Fantilli, uh, you will be kicking yourself for decades. Yeah, and Columbus has got the third pick, so they, they would get uh, Fantilli. But, yeah, I think it's, it's likely going to be – Dard number one, uh, Fantelli number two, and uh, then William Smith uh, number three, which I was able to interview a little bit during the uh, uh, Stanley Cup final. As a and, and I'm not but, taking anything away from Leo Carlson, Leo Carlson, right? Um, I, I'm not taking anything away from him or his ability, but let's face it, he's a, he's a defenseman. He's a Swedish defenseman. They take longer to develop. Um, 
you know, if you're looking at a team like, um, you know, whether it be uh, the Blackhawks, who obviously are going to take Bedard, I, I shouldn't say obviously, but I would think that's where they're going. And then you got the Ducks. I mean, do you want to spend more time developing a defenseman or do you want an impact player like an Adam Fantilli who's going to walk in and probably be um, in the race for rookie of the year next year based on the fact that he's that solid of a hockey player? You think, he's gonna, you think he'll play with the Ducks if he's drafted this year? Oh, goodness, yeah. Goodness, he, he gonna, he's a stud. Is he, not, is he done with, he's he's done with stud. Michigan? He's not going back to Michigan? I would say that they're going to give him a chance. And, um, you know, if Greg Cronin has anything to say about it, I would guess that he's going to want him in the lineup and uh, groom him. Um, he's got some great players around him, uh, you know, Troy Terry and uh, Mason McTavish and Trevor Zegris. And you just go down the list that even a Jason Magna, uh, you know, to kind of help him along and, and get him going if that's who they do select. So I think that'll be interesting. Now, here's the key. Other than the Arizona Coyotes, we don't really have another team doing the top ten. Well, here's the, here's the thing about Fantelli. He he's a he's the un, he's the only player ever to win a gold medal at the World Juniors and the World Championship, as well as the Hopi Baker in their draft year. So that would be this year. So did I just mention he's a stud? Because he is. <laughs> he is. He also played in the Frozen Four. Frozen Four Wait, for Michigan. So he didn't win I, the national championship. I wonder if he. But uh, they played very well. I wonder because when they when they were here during the Stanley Cup final, they went out to City National to uh, to tour that. I wonder if uh, him and uh, Brisson hooked up while uh, they were here because obviously Brisson is a, a Michigan alum and and uh, and fantastic. Well, I would bet they did. I would bet they did. Yeah. So anyway, when you look down that draft board, Stephen, we have uh, the the Anaheim Ducks drafting number two. When's our next Pacific Division team? Uh, coming up in the draft that we'll uh, keep an eye on in at least round one. Yeah, you got Anaheim at number two, San Jose's at number four, uh, Arizona's at number six, and then that's Did it. Did you not listen to me? I said Pacific Division. Yeah. Well, I thought I figured Arizona because they're... Because they're <laughs> of Tucson. Yeah, I get it. They're in the West, so I figured... Uh, but uh, anyways, but yeah, we we're, we can we can uh, we can leave Arizona out. I have no problem with that. <laughs> they play in a college rink anyway, so maybe you know this this fits right in th- right, right up their alley, right? <laughs> uh, can we ask William Carlson about or, playing them, or at least yeah, or, or Bruce Cassidy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were talk- they were having fun with that on the radio today because they were talking about um, who would who would in Vegas like to you know who would you would like to see Vegas play in the first game of the of the season when they do the banner raising. And uh, there was somebody threw one of the hosts threw out. Uh, I think it was Darren Millar. He threw out uh, somebody like uh, an Arizona uh, or somebody. I think somebody responded like they would see it like Arizona, or somebody said uh, San Jose. Somebody said uh, it would be nice to see Florida enough making the rematch and stuff like that. But yeah, um, anyways. But yeah, yeah. But William Carlson knows a thing or two about, about Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyways, but yeah, uh, but yeah. So I don't, yeah, I don't see that. I mean. I mean, I'll mention it again. Arizona's twelve, but yeah, that's not a Pacific. That's not a Pacific Division team. I'm looking down here. I guess Calgary at sixteen, uh, Seattle at twenty. Uh, but yeah, that I guess that's it. Yeah, because and then San Jose again will have another pick at twenty six. Uh, and Edmonton does not have a pick. They they gave up theirs to Nashville. So, so Edmonton no pick in the and then Vegas at thirty two, obviously being the champ. So they. They get pick number thirty-two. So, yeah, not a lot of Pacific Division teams in the first round. Um, but the ones that are, 
San Jose and Anaheim, I, I two teams that can really make not a lot, not a lot of Pacific Division teams in the top half of the round. You know, it's, it's, right? And that's that's two teams though that could make a huge, huge impact if they get some impact players in the draft um, by getting picks like that. So that, that they can change your fortunes in a hurry. So we'll keep our eyes on on them. We'll keep an eye on the uh, development camps, and uh, I'll try to get out to some. You'll be at some, and. Uh, we'll give you some reports as things get going in July. Um, I may actually leave Palm Springs for a while, Stephen. I may not just be here like I have been for the past 8 to 12 weeks. You're going to leave Palm Springs? <laughs> wow. I think I may go over to the cooler can, side of the mountains, which would be uh, Newport Beach, Anaheim, can, somewhere over can, there for I a while. Can, I can see why a lot of celebrities like to uh, retire there to Palm Springs. Why is that? Because of the weather. Because I'm here? <laughs> well, I don't know if that has to do with you. <laughs> You're not a celebrity. Uh, yeah, well, anyway. <laughs> well, some, yeah, I guess, I guess you, maybe you are in, uh, in the hockey realm. No, I, I don't think so. Like, but... Oh, Scott, is so, I haven't seen you in so long. <laughs> that usually happens everywhere you go. Somebody will. Yeah, kind of, but anyway, that, that, that's, that's neither here nor there at this point in time. So we'll look forward to the draft coming up. Of course, the NHL awards are the NHL awards. They're kind of um, predetermined, I think, uh, based on the it's been a long time since you know they've missed on on the the guys that have won the awards uh, self-explanatory i think so that'll be exciting monday night and then of course the draft on wednesday and thursday and then development camps start up they'll go right over the fourth of july and um teams will start to reload like you said the schedules are coming out the uh opening nights are coming out i know the ahl is just like come on man we gotta talk about something other than coachella valley well Yes, and 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 about that, the uh, the meetings got underway in Tucson while the final was still wrapping up, and uh, I saw somebody <laughs> go say figure. That, that somebody that works with Tucson said that uh, Scout Housen was in Coachella Valley for Game Seven of the Calder Cup final. The next morning, he's in Tucson, Arizona for the for the meetings. So, <laughs> <laughs> go Scott, go go Scott, go. Yeah, the work doesn't stop, and uh, next week. I believe next week by this time we may know we may know schedules. I mean, schedules may come out for the AHL. I know some teams have already put out their home opener dates. We don't know opponents yet. The NHL released preseason schedules today. Or at least teams, a lot of teams did. So we, I think the Golden Knights' first preseason game is like ninety something days away. So I mean, it just seems like it won't. Isn't that be crazy? Before, before we even know, we'll be talking. The season will be starting up, and of course, before that, will be develop our, our rookie camp and training camp will start. So it'll be even like another seven or six, eight, nine days before that. So eighty something days will already be. So I don't get much of a, I don't get much of a hibernation this summer. But um, no, that that's no. And now it's time to get out selling and bring some bring some new clients in and and start talking uh, talking about raising some numbers because we want to raise numbers over the next three yes. months. And, and see how to... high we can get our numbers and see how many people can get on board with us to help support this great game. And, you know, the reason we do this is because we cover the game to go to the game. Yeah, especially with July 1st coming up, this new start, the start of the new fiscal year and stuff. So that'd be great for people to get on board or re-up with us and, and, uh, and continue to help us grow us so we can help grow the game. Things like that, grow us so we can grow the game more and, uh, and do that and we thank people that started following uh started following us on twitter we're up to over 300 followers now and most of those i think are legit followers so I've, I've kept to comb it through every once in a while and find some uh some ones that that are not uh 
<laughs> maybe not real real accounts or something or or at least they promote certain things that aren't good so but most i believe most of the 300 that are there now are the legitimate ones and so <laughs> so we thank people for that and we hope people can get us going on instagram a little bit more we're we're, we're trying to be more there and do more with that as we look at some things during the summer and hope to utilize that tool more because i know a lot of people like to go to instagram for things so we're We'll at least make it a photo gallery and put a lot of photos and stuff there. So uh, do that and uh, yeah, do that. Um, I want to bring this up because this is this kind of was brought up today, and I want to we can end the show on this. It's kind of one hot button issue that was brought up. This is in the NHL, and I'll kind of get your thought on this. Uh, the NHL, uh, the Gary Bettman commissioner, he says that the league is no longer going to have teams wear themed jerseys during warmups uh, for any of the specialty nights, like a Pride Night or when they do hockey fights, cancer and stuff like that. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people are – are. Uh, this is a big deal because uh, teams love to do that and uh, and love to see the specialty jerseys that teams wear during warm-ups. They usually get auctioned off and money goes to charity, but um, the league is deciding that they're not going to do that. And I, the reasoning for that has to do with those last year, you know, during Pride Nights and stuff like that, some players didn't want to wear the Pride jerseys because of their beliefs and their backgrounds, whether they – Russian belief or the religious beliefs that they didn't want to, they don't support that, that, uh, that community. And, uh, so they didn't want to wear their jerseys. And of course that drew a lot of unneeded attention, I guess, to those teams and those players for making those decisions that maybe overshadowed the purpose of why they were doing those sort of things. So Gary Bettman wants to alleviate that from, from a league perspective. So the teams aren't going to be allowed to wear specialty jerseys, uh, for warmups going forward, starting next season. So what are your thoughts about that? You like that? Or you think it's kind of, eh, you know, it's, you know, it's, you well, know, here's, here's what I think. Uh, I, I think that, you know, everything has its purpose, its place, whatever. And who are we to judge? And you know, if they're doing it to help raise money or awareness for particular different things, then you know what? As a player, just go along with it. Just, just do it. It's not like, you know, does it really going to hurt you to put on that jersey for for a game or a warm-up? Um I don't think so. I mean, that's just my personal thoughts is just just go with it and, uh, you know, well, and let's raise some money and raise some awareness, whether you whether you believe it or not, that's your own personal belief. Yeah, see, and that was where the contention was. And I think there was a couple – I think there might have been some, some teams in locker rooms that probably, you know, that said that to players that didn't want to do that and maybe caught some – some unneeded attention. So it, it can kind of see both ways. It can kind of seem like as a win for those guys that now they won't have to be subjected to that. Uh, but the, the other side of it is that uh, it, it is that it's, it's going to take away from fans seeing those and, and those things, but you know, there'll be those initiatives and those nights will still happen. It's just the specialty Jersey and they could still, I guess they could probably still make the jerseys if they would want to, but they just will just sell them, I guess, and not even, but make them on the ice. But there's something about, they say it's a it's a player worn warm up jersey that the players wear while they're warming up and then they sign and they give it away. That that usually gets the values a little bit higher. Yeah, gets them so, a lot so, higher, my so, friend. So you know, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see what they what they do with this. But I you know, I guess that I guess I understand it because there are those there were some controversies last year with that and maybe it did overshadow why these teams do that. Uh the other side of it is if the person doesn't want to wear a jersey, I guess you can't fault them i think sometimes those players were getting a lot of because they didn't want to be part of that but then you're if you'd let let's say well okay they can do it then it's it doesn't seem like there's cohesiveness because you got a couple players that are refusing to do it while the rest of the team is doing it so that kind of looks weird and bad and make but so i i, I can understand it. i think the league just trying to avoid 
avoid uh, controversies and and stuff like that because that there was yeah, okay. there were some times especially when it's with the with pride nights and stuff that uh because of people's religious beliefs or their backgrounds from their countries uh like uh like russia i believe it's strongly against the lgbtq community and so uh, russian players may have felt didn't want to put that on thinking of a probe off was one that, that was a big story last year so um you know so i think it's it's probably gonna be a, a wise thing but it's just kind of like kind of sad too because it's like i you look forward to those nights when they do them I and mean, they're gonna still have the, the nights but just the players going out there in those in those specialty jerseys when they warm up and stuff so yeah, well, whatever. That's that's a whole nother that that we go on to that for. I know that could be all day, shown so. itself, but, but it's something well, that came out today. It was a little. Yeah, we'll leave that. We, kind of a closing, kind of a little closing thought. We'll leave those those worms in the can. The other thing that we do uh, want to mention, the other thing that came out today was Gary Bettman was questioned again about the status of the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, this is the most important thing. And, and he did <laughs> promise uh, some sort of resolution by midseason, correct? By what? I'm sorry. He he did promise some sort of resolution resolution or direction for the Arizona Coyotes by midseason. I think oh, is what mid-season. I was. Told. Okay, well, well, that's that's we'll stay tuned on that. I mean, they they've already said they're going to play another season at Molot Arena, so I don't it's... think they had a choice. But anyway, <laughs> that's no, but, neither here nor there. But okay, they, but where were they? Get, they're either going to go there, or they're going to be homeless. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And you don't you don't skate well on a homeless arena. So anyway, go go ahead and take it away, my friend. From the Tag Creative Group Studios, this has been the Pro Hockey West Report presented by Toyota. The Tag Creative Group, your one-stop shop for unique designs or that one-of-a-kind gift idea for yourself or someone special. Search for T-Grand Rudd on redbubble.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, Las Vegas' best barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, which, of course, as we know is temporarily closed right now. We're Wish them the best there, but you could go to their Henderson location, 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Uh, Behind the Mask, find any of our three Valley locations and more at BehindTheMask.com, whether you play on ice or in line. Caesar Sportsbook app. Play responsibly at the only app that earns you Caesar's rewards points. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly in Tempe, Pine Top, and Queen Creek. Order online at TheSpaghettiShack.com. Top Golf. Go to topgolf.com to set up your next business meeting or group outing at our sports bar and restaurant. Jets Pizza since 1978. Better pizza because it has to be. Find one of the over 400 locations near you at jetspizza.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. Book your stay now at any of our locations around the world. Caesars.com. The Pro Hockey West Report is live every week on the Podbean app. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. Help others find it at ITHSW Podcast, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcast, all one word on your favorite podcast platform. The Pro Hockey West Report, presented by Toyota, is part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. And speaking of pizza, how was that pizza that you had this evening? Probably not as good because it wasn't a Jets pizza, right? But yeah, it, but uh, it was still it was still good. We're not going to go into that. Uh, who it belongs to? But anyway, it was pretty good. It was it was food, and we'll take food at any point at any time. I do want to shout out the uh, that was good. the guys at behind the mask as well because it's goalie day this Saturday. So Randy and the guys who have uh, the goalie are the uh, the reps from various companies in store. You can get some great deals on some goalie equipment. Uh, see the latest and greatest. And uh, talk with the factory reps uh, about which ones would be best for you or your goalie. Speaking of goalies, three goalies getting into the Hall of Fame for the for the Hockey Hall of Fame this this time around. So yeah, we need a longer for, show. Good year, <laughs> no, no, good year for goalies. So 
go to goalie day there it's behind the mask and maybe you'll be on your path to being a hall of fame goalie yourself absolutely again uh, congratulations to the hershey bears for uh, winning the calder cup again to the vegas golden knights for uh, capturing the stanley cup and uh, it all starts for real again july 1st our fiscal year we have a new year we'll have new ideas new thoughts new new plans for the upcoming year as we continue to cover the game to well, grow the game well we're not going anywhere though no 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 replacements to the talent no 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 we're not doing that all right we'll take a minute for the ride to climb the peacemakers hello new day good night everybody